G'day everybody, it's Ryan K. Lindsay. I'm here to tell you that you're overthinking it. We all are. It's probably why we're here together. This is the Crystal Plumage. Enjoy. Alright, let's talk about Beautiful Canvas 3 and 4. They both dropped a little while ago, but we have the trade collection coming up at the end of February. So I thought now might be a time to have a quick skim and see what we think of the book. Now, Beautiful Canvas is a miniseries written by me, Ryan K. Lindsay, illustrated by Sammy Cavella, the genes, the man, the myth, coloured by Triona Farrell, lettered by Ryan Ferrier, and published by the amazing Black Mask Studios. Now, issue 3 features a very lovely poignant cover of Lon wearing that exo suit that we uh, established earlier in the story and having these weird little warning signs around her warned about babies, warned about fire, drones and creepy little girls all things underlying our book and all with a background of a weird sort of frame being filmed, being recorded which of course is another issue in the story now we open issue three with a, a page uh, that I'm really quite happy with actually um, because it sort of flashes back and again we don't tell you we're flashing back I tried to live my life like uh, like I'm a better writer than I actually am and just assume that you might be able to pick up on on a few key factors those key factors are the girl through the door she's got that flower in her hair we should remember her from the start of issue one I hope but we can see that if we remember her, then we realise Lon is about to go into this house and kill everybody, including the girl. And so before it hits, she's actually just standing outside reading. Which is a little bit strange, I admit. But it kind of speaks to the character for me. So she's reading that book that we saw at the start, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. She reads, and we play over some of the book. Now, we have this white column on the right, and I completely stole this from uh, Phillips and Brubaker in Kill or Be Killed. Um, I love this idea of playing this um, narrative to the side of the images instead of over it. Just gives it a more split dichotomy. And so we have these lines, and so her wings unfurled like mighty sails, to cover, to protect, to strangle, no one knew. But they were magnificent and not to be ignored. Not that you could ever hope to avoid the very thing blotting out the sun. So writing that prose from the book was tricky for me and it took a little while, but it speaks to Lon, which obviously I can make it do. And so we can see her popping the book away, putting the silencer in, even as the child plays in silhouette in the background, which is heart-wrenching, and then she doesn't stop. She goes straight in. That whole page just speaks about Lon, where she's come from, how messed up she is. So then we cut back into the present of the story. She jumps out the window. She flies down to catch... Alex and then uh, shields him from the blow as they land on the car. Now, uh, uh, a smarter person than I on Twitter did point out that if she made herself more heavy, she wouldn't fall at a more increased rate. Um, when she says super heavy, that to me is actually more of a code word to create the armor around her. It doesn't actually increase her density. That's not what I was going for. I just went for the usual sort of thing where somebody falls out a plane, a window, and can catch the person that's falling in front of them. Um, physics be damned, you know? <laughs> and I love the way Sammy illustrated this page, but also the um, colours, especially changing from page one from Triona are amazing. So we have the reaction page then, Asia running off, oh shit, oh shit. 
And then we've just got Eric looking out the window and seeing Miller's helicopter, which has been there all the time, but just realizing, oh shit. And we turn the page on the page four and Miller sees him and sees that he sees her and she doesn't care. She's loving it. And we cut to this panel and she talks about how there are 78 sleepers in this nine block grid and that she's activating them all, which is scratching the head of a match slowly along the concrete. She wants this to, to take off, but then the helicopter starts to bank to the side a little bit. Eric says, we need to talk alone. And here we finally get a moment of exactly what he can do as he pushes his arm out and her helper just goes flying through the air. Uh, I've never really taken such a moment to really look at how he's just fully diving. He looks like he's going to go in the pool. Oh man, you know he's dead when he lands, so. And that, that movie caption of they both yield, obviously being the answer to the question, what happens when an unstoppable force meets the immovable object? Which are these two characters, okay? That's the idea that I'm getting to. So we cut the scene now and we've jumped forward in time. Took me a few drafts to realize I didn't need to show Alex getting up and walking away. Just that idea of he's taken off. We could get that by showing him running, which we do. And I love the inset panel and the way Triana's colored the background behind his head with that sort of yellow, showing his uncertainty through colors. She's so amazing with emotion through color. And so he's running through this weird market square. And we can see it just gets strange as we have this plant, organic horse, and weird robot. We want you to feel again like this world is kind of like normal and is kind of weird. It doesn't, no world is one or the other. If someone were to travel from a hundred years ago to today, they could stand in a street and just see houses and it would kind of look similar enough. And then they would see iPhones and drones and it would all be weird. Progress is, is a slow and, and slippery sort of slope. And so Alex completely freaks out, obviously, and we can see that hand reaction at the bottom and he knows what's coming. No, 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 no. Like he knows he's under duress and he's about to be set off. And so we cut back as we turn the page to, to Lon. Even super heavy, she was clearly knocked out by the fall. And she gets up and I love it. She, I love the way that panel three on this page, she's just sitting there on this smashed up car, just looking at the girl like, oh, God damn it, you again. And the girl says, you know, semi-calling back to the first page, when you blot out the sun, what fauna grows in the shade? And I like that idea of fauna growing. That's, that's on purpose. It's not flora. It's fauna. But Lon doesn't have time for this shit, so she just flies out with Asia. And I like that we get a sense of Asia here being a little more proactive, being a little more badass. Now... As they're flying out, they just zoom around this helicopter. The helicopter's pertinent to the narrative, but they don't know it. And I sort of like that intercutting idea there. So they, they zoom past and avoid it. And if you look in the background of that panel, you can see that Chum is showing an IMAX. Love it, Sammy. And that uh, Farrell's is playing some live music. Love it, Triona. So the thing lands and Eric is there. He's gotten down, he's waiting. And he was going to tell Miller what to do. And in the background of this panel, we have Ferrier's tattoos, absolutely, and RKL, probably selling, I don't know, My Little Pony knockoff gear or something. 
So we turn the page and we get to see Alex's reaction. Again, we get to see what he can do. We get to see an escalation of who he is, unfortunately. But we see that when he reacts, other people can get hurt. And so we can see this, uh, this young fella is clearly uh, probably about to die as he's covered in rubble. But then on the next page, he explodes in this sort of almost electric green fire. He's one of the sleeper agents, obviously. So we gave it that movie title just to make sure we connected back to what Miller was saying. You know, the sleeper agents of Yolandria starring. We never knew we mattered until we no longer did. Which, again, then also speaks more to them as characters. Now, getting this weird standoff between Alex and this guy, I suddenly just wanted to show that when Alex is in this state, it's not just a little kid with fire. He becomes this sleeper agent. He becomes this aggressor. Okay? And that bottom panel of fire versus fire and the hand size difference which I love and that hot pink background all of it amazing I love that visual it's uh, it's really something else now we get the car scene with with Eric and Miller here it's sort of slowing things down on purpose if we're going to have a literal firefight going on I sort of wanted to dial it down so they're driving and he's sort of trying to get reconnected with her. I mean, the more we learn about their, their shared history, the more we realise this is him sort of sitting down with his ex-wife of sorts, the, the mother of his child, and, you know, so much has gone down between them and he's trying to figure it out. He's a lost soul. He's a sad, sad character. And she's still in control, which he absolutely hates, um, which is kind of the fuel for his fire. And so he's so annoyed that she's just become this monster, but that's been her way of coping. If you really map out the narrative, this is how she got through things. And Moore is in the background. Now, poor Moore, I, I kind of wish we could have had more room for his story arc to fully develop, but he just sort of ended up being more of a, a plot catalyst than anything else because uh, Eric sees him behind there and smashes into him or hits the brakes and lets him smash into him. And we cut scenes and we can see the pure horrific scope of what happens when these sleeper agents fire up. And so Lon and, and Asia just sort of look and it's both of their headshots say it all. It's just, it's horrific and sad and you know it's going to end in death. But Asia's the one who thinks with her mind control that she can do something. So here on this next page, we really show that idea of how she gets in the heads. And I love the idea that when she gets into Alex's head, he sees himself as a dragon. Again, he sees himself as this manifestation of the worst things that his mother was. The sleeper agent aspect brings out the worst inside of him, which just sucks. It's eating him up. It's the worst condition for him to be in. And so, you know, Asia knows she can't do anything and she just feels helpless for other people. And that's the idea. You can protect your own baby. You can't protect other people's babies always. And so it's really kind of sad. So we cut back to Eric and more and more destruction. And it's that idea of, Eric is angry at Miller and he still doesn't know how to vent that frustration um, and he can't just attack her outright which he not should because she's a villain but it's, 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 it's an old love he's so conflicted and so he takes it out on more and chucks him into a fire and lets this other guy burn up and I love that Sammy drew himself as the other guy in the car who flames up that's, uh, that's kind of cool um, I'm not certain that I sold this whole sequence perfectly I don't know, but it builds us to that idea of how Eric is acting and reacting and it gets the camera into his hand, um, which gives him the opportunity to get lost in his past in a minute 
and gives Miller the chance to escape. So I guess it works, but I always feel like I, 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 I clunked it out as an eight out of ten, and I, I always wish I could have done better. So then we uh, we cut back to Lon and Asia, um, just realizing that you know the, the whole idea of Lon's arc is she wants to save, she wants to stop killing, and ultimately she wants to save Alex and. The only thing she can think to do is using violence and death yet again, which sucks for her, which is why you see her eyes so sad as she pulls that gun up. And again, we have the inset panel around the the barrel firing off and Triona drops that hot pink, that emotional hot pink. Again, she's using colour there. And so Lon kills the other guy and um, Asia grabs that briefcase full of fish, which I just love. It's like, I wish I could buy a briefcase full of fish. And... Um, puts out the flames, but they won't go out because Alex is the flames. How do you save someone from what they've become? You know, that's the idea. And but at this stage, Lon's only response is to just keep using violence. She just keeps shooting the dead guy, hoping that'll stop it. But violence isn't the answer, I guess, is the idea. And so they both go down in a gigantic explosion and fall. And we cut back to Eric, who... Searches for Eve Robinson. Now, we know his name's Eric Robinson, so we know the bottom of the page he's looking at a young girl and we know that he's trying to save his young girl and all this sort of stuff. So that idea of him letting Miller get away in this moment is just... There's so much emotion I'm not going to write onto that page. I don't want to explain it. For me, it's one of those things you either get it or you don't. You're either a parent, maybe, or you're not. I don't know, which is, you know stupid to block off half your audience but that idea of him just being like there's no other way this is going to play out of course Miller's going to go he's screwed he's stuck in like a toxic cycle and so we cut back to Lon and Asia and she thinks she can do something and she steps into Alex's head the fire that's still in there even if he's not on fire and she's you no, know, she's doing it because she cares, which is like every aspect of parenting. We do it because we care. And that line of, you know, I'm not leaving and the dragon, Alex cutting her off and saying, no, you aren't like you're in here now. It's, it's so loaded. And so then we need a little bit of exposition. And again, the page of Miller getting away, I don't feel like I nailed, but it works. It's her going like, all right, I'm off to regroup for the final act. I'm going to take some people out with me along the way. Because she's not nice. And she knows that her story just never ends. She's a bit nasty, a bit Machiavellian. And so then we end on the final scene of Lon looking down at Asia, stuck in Alex's head and unable to get out. And that girl again in her head, just telling her to be who she is. It's that idea of you always were a killer. Maybe maybe you can't fight who you are and you have to just choose how to do it better. And so getting in her ear and that unfurl your wings, be who you are or choose to be who you can be at times. Don't, don't just say, I'm not this, so now I am one other thing. You can say, I'm not this 100% of the time anymore. I am different which doesn't mean 100% different. It means changed. It means tweaked. And Lon realizes for so many people, I, I never knew how to save you. 
And so we turn the page and she shoots. And I hope we get across that idea that as she's shooting, that bullet melts through the air and the fire. Alex's body reacts to being attacked in the most excessive, violent way. There is an explosion taking place on that page. And so that wraps up issue three. And I hope you then realize Lon has tried to change. And at the end of issue three, hasn't changed. She's exactly back where she started. She's shooting little kids in the head. Um, and doing it through the ghost child, who she's kind of killing a second time, if you will, metaphorically. And so we have the the launch into the final issue that I hope really grabs people. Now, just to quickly touch on the back matter, writing about The Running Man, I love The Running Man. Oh, my goodness, that movie ages better, and I, I love it the bits. And I, uh, Some of the things that Dan Hill and I got to say about that book really tickle me. I think we got to some really cool places. And that Sammy Cavella piece, the, the, the accompanying illustration, is beyond insanely gorgeous. Like, that dude is just the best. He is the absolute best. So, that is... The end of issue three. I'll launch straight into issue four. Let's double head this bad boy. I love the cover to issue four. I gotta say, I think it really is my favorite. It's got a real Frank Miller vibe to it. We, Sammy tried a few different color schemes too, which was insane. It was so cool. And this was definitely the one we settled on. And so when we open here, we're, we're, we're not back with Lon. We, we hold off on what's going to happen, on what happened there. And we kind of hint at it at the bottom of this page. Now I said to Sammy, you know, let's draw a kind of helicarrier thing. And dear Lord, look at it. If Marvel aren't picking Sammy up in the next two years, they are clown shoes, man. I love the way Sammy drew this page. And Triona colored it, like, so insanely well. And so Miller Albuquerque stars in Our Future Lies Skyward, which is just a fun phrase, I think. And so Miller, we see, has got Asia and has Alex. Now, I did this sort of cold cut open into it because of space limitations, I will admit, but also because I just didn't want to show Miller turning up, getting the body, the explosion had knocked Asia and Lon down. Like, it just, I don't know. If that stuff bores me thinking about and writing it, I didn't want to do that to the reader. So we hopefully can just connect that if she has Alex and he's in this sort of, um, I like to think of it as like back to fluid. Shout out to my Star Wars peeps. She's got Alex in this back to fluid and she's got Asia like laid up. She, Asia's still stuck in there and Asia's keeping him alive. Like he's pretty, he's pretty badly damaged at this point. When we get the close up on the second page, you can see he's, he's covered in boils and blisters. He's, he's burning out. Okay. His, his status as a sleeper agent is slowly wearing him down. And so she has Asia there to keep him going and she left Lon behind. Who cares? And so we go to page three and Lon's sort of lamenting with Eric. Now, how did they get together? I'm just hoping people connect the dots. This was the one point where I was like, oh, I hope people go with me. Oh, I hope people don't feel like they they missed an issue or something. But it's that idea, and they sort of say it on this page, you know. I was left behind, there was an explosion, he found her unconscious. All stuff I didn't want to show just because it feels a bit, mm, here we are. I just wanted to cut to the chase of him being like, let's get Miller's attention again. Space was an issue, so we had to sort of cut to it. So he shoots that gas bottle, and lights a few other people up. They react. They're sleeper agents. The sleeper agents are kind of everywhere. That's a scary idea. But he's already shot the drones out. He knows Miller's going to be missing this. And he kills both of them. And Lon, though having just attempted to kill, she's not a monster. And that's the idea. She pulls him up on it. She smashes him against the, the, the car. Now, we know Eric's powers. We know he could react. He could break Lon in half. But it's not in his best interest to, so he doesn't. And he knows that the dropship's coming. So this dropship comes down. I love these sort of like dog soldiers. 
uh, that Sammy came up with and the, the sort of light swords that they've got. And it's this really cool, like, oh, man, what a reveal. And bam, car flies in them. I just was like, yeah, it's a nifty idea, but let's, you know, let's keep moving. This was my uh, Indiana Jones pull on the gun. Uh, moment where he's like, let's just move it along. And he's decimated them. And this look on the bottom of the page where he's like admiring what he's done. I kind of like that. It's, um, it's a big moment for him. And then Lon just as equally in the background looking at him like, oh shit, what have I got in my, what have I partnered with here? Is a fun moment too. But then we turn the page and we get this insane fight sequence as they enter the dropship and take it over. And they kill those dog soldiers that are left, and I love it. Eric twists a hand and snaps a neck, Lon's shooting heads. It's <clears throat> so well laid out. The way Sammy does these sort of fight sequences, his visual appetite for change and motion is gorgeous. Now they get in there, and now that they're kind of in a moment of safety... Long pulls the gun. She's like, who are you? God damn, what's going on? And he still can't give her the truth. You know, there's a, there's a hidden truth in what Eric says, but it's not the truth. Because he just wants to get to Miller again. He's like, sort of resolved in what needs to happen. And it's not to kill Miller, which is why he didn't kill Miller in the car. There's, there's more that he can do. He's going to ruin her work. So we get up there and Miller's prepping for the showdown. She sets up the drones. She can see the footage. She sits in her throne of swords. Her crystal plumage, if you will. And they walk in and he's got the gun on her, but he's never intending to kill her. Otherwise he would, right? He'd just walk in and shoot her in the head. He would have killed her in the car. He would have snapped her neck in the car with his powers. But he didn't. So they get up there and Miller kind of feels like she's safe. She's always had control of Eric. She still can. And so he ties her up, shoots out the drones, but then shoots at Alex too, in the back of the fluid. And this is the turn where he's like, no, they all have to die. They turn the page and Lon pulls the gun too, and he's like, no, they have to die. This is how he's going to have his revenge. And he kind of crushes her arm in the suit, enough to sort of drop her, debilitate her, take the gun out of play. Initially, I was going to have him, like, pinch it off so she lost her arm, but I eventually, I, I, I didn't feel it. I mean, this, this book's insane, right? But I didn't feel it realistic that she could rally with an arm cut off. Um, maybe if the suit had pinched it closed. Ah, I couldn't make it work. And this is where Lon drops the, uh, Miller drops the truth to Lon, like, what, you bought his, like, sob story? Oh, please. And she sort of spells it out that, she gave Eric the powers, but he obviously, like, lost control of them or maybe got mad. There could be a bit of Jack Torrance in there and killed their daughter, Eve Robinson. All of this is hinted at, and I really hope people are just following me along. My, the death of my career will be that I tried to write too obtusely and I lost my audience. But that idea that Lon is like, she killed my daughter. He killed my daughter, and now he just wants to kill everything that I still enjoy because he's got nothing left to enjoy. And the way she builds Lon into it is, well, he'll kill your kid too. And that's where Lon fires. And I love, I always think of Shalvi with that bottom panel of negative space and the gun shooting off right behind Eric's head. But page turn and Eric's able to sling the bullet away, reef the gun out of her hand. But this is the moment where Asia finally wakes up and gets into Eric's head and he sees his daughter again and sort of realizes the monster he's become 
that's the, the moment where he's like, oh, shit, oh, like, I'm sorry. Like, he's not, he's not, there's, this isn't retribution for his daughter, and the daughter was his fault. This is him, as many parents stumble into, reacting out of feeling bad about what you've done, being defensive and then aggressive and frustrated. And so there's that real everyday truth behind what Eric is doing. But if Asia is in Eric's head, she's no longer in Alex's, which is why he starts to blow up. And Lon says, you know, go back, save Alex. He's the point. But Asia knows better. Like, Alex isn't the point. That's not, they, he's not the one to save. And so she stays in Eric's head while Alex blows up. And Lon has that final eyeball moment of like, oh, shit, heavy. She'll be safe from the flames, but Eric won't be. And she dives him into it. Um, it took me ages to script that page to get it to flow visually so that everything sort of happened and you got enough, but I'm actually really happy with it. Alex is clearly Kirby crackling up. Lon knows what she's got to do. She drops that heavy so that when she dives in the next panel, you can make the connection as to where the suit came from, right? And she smashes him into it, and then we cut white space. And we have that Lon Isley and Asia Benchley star in How to Shoot Somebody Who Outdrew You. Again, an obvious lyric steal there. And then we color scheme sells it, thank you Triona, we cut to the next uh, sort of scene and we even have Asia saying what next, okay and I just wanted this moment between the two out there, they stick together we're parents, we love, we, we look after our child even though she's a sleeper agent or so we've been led to believe um, very subtly by Miller, we're gonna do this but Maybe there's one last thing that Lon has to do. Maybe there's one last kill she has to do. So she goes back in and just realizes, like, Miller, you're a problem. You think you, you're too problematic, basically, and I'm going to go out with a bang. And so this is it. And so sort of kicks her over and grabs one of those swords and stabs her because if we're going to have a new world, we're gonna, we can't be tethered to the old shit creator, basically. And so she kills Miller... Because Miller is bad. She's too tainted, realistically. And on her way out, we get to see Eric dead, burnt up. We see the bones, which is Alex, so we know he's gone. And Lon just takes a moment to sort of acknowledge her failure, say sorry, but realise you know, she's got to move forward. She's a parent, okay? And that's the thing. That was, that was Lon's emotional arc. She thought she was saving everybody and you can't. You can look after your own sometimes. And unfortunately as a parent you have to do some messed up shit to look after your own and that's what happens. And Asia knew it first and that's why she sort of hugs her and is like it'll be okay. And we cut to this scene of the city on fire. Like the world is messed up but if everybody looks after their own we'll get through it. And so the world comes together to learn that on the horizon, you'll find your island. So you have to move on and find your space, you know? And normally my characters die at the end of stories, so it was kind of nice to get to the end and go, oh, Lon is still alive. Well, there you go. So I decided to write a, was it a three-page coda? Never written a coda before, so usually I really end on a bang and leave it. So, well, I guess Negative Space had a coda of real shit sadness. 
But here we have this coda of The Burning Tree, and I sort of said to Sam, you know, we didn't do captions, man. It's my first book without captions, but this is a coda. It's like the next story, right? Can we do captions? And I clearly went to town, but I was reading uh, Barry Windsor Smith's Weapon X at the time. And I was like, oh, we should like do the ringed uh, uh, captions, especially if, oh, we could do this bear and it kind of looks like Weapon X. Like, again, we're in a funky new world. And I love this bear that, that Sammy created, Antriona Colored. Again, it speaks to the weirdness of the world. And he, say, he says this almost stolen Thor line, like there are people in the city who would have words with you. You know, we, uh, I would have words with these sort of thing. And we've just got that idea of Lon. She's, she knows who she is now. And she knows that a parent is a protector and protection can be violent, but it has to be smart. It has to be metered. You don't just get paid to just whack people. That's not parenting. That's the job. Parenting is a new life role. And so she's got this idea and she's, you know, hidden in the tree in the mud. Shout out to Predator, you know. And she's there. And she'll be violent if she needs to. She's, she's set this fire on this tree to lure the bear away from her homestead. She's waiting to see if she needs to be violent. But if she can just avoid it, she will. And so off the bear goes. And so she can, she can protect smarter. That's the lesson Lon has learned. So she goes home. We see Asia now. Different haircut. Very pregnant. And we started off with Lon seeing this ghost of a dead girl that reminded her of maybe the shit person she was. And now we have the ghost of another child she's ostensibly killed. But one that sort of reminds her that protecting is hard. He's there to remind her, you know, it's a hard shit job and not everybody comes out alive, but, you know, you do what you can. So we have a shared kiss and they figure out, you know, they still don't know, the kid hasn't come out. You don't know how to be a, jeez, I've had kids for years. You don't know ever how to be a parent, but you do your best. And that's kind of what Lon needs to realize. So she's up and down and thinking and thinking and thinking. And we just dial back to that very first page and that very first line used in a totally different sense. Initially, the dead guy turned to Lon and said, you're overthinking it. You're overthinking everything. You're turning it into a problem. But here, Asia gives her a kiss and says, you know, you're overthinking it. But that's in a good way. You want to overthink this job to a degree, but you need to just slice your action up into what needs to happen. And that's kind of what Lon has learned. So they share a look, which I love, and we give them a happy ending. And I love the, the blue water in the frame behind both of them. It sort of shows you that idea of, you know, on the horizon you'll find your island. They have. They are safe and comfortable and in love. And what better place to leave a couple? So this has been The Beautiful Canvas. We close out on a, a chat about Matt Fraction, an epic chat about Matt Fraction from Dan and I because he's another writer who, for me, boils down home truths into weird, weird fiction, speaks his truth, not a truth. And that's what I tried to do with this book. I'm not, I'm, this isn't a lesson where I know the answer. This is just what I have come to know and hope and we'll see how I go. And I hope people enjoyed the book. I got a lot of really lovely feedback from people who dug it and it meant the world to me. We put our heart and soul into this book. Everything matters in this book, and I love that people connected with it. So thank you for picking it up. Thank you for tweeting out about it. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. And the trade comes out late Feb, so if you loved this book, tell a friend. Buy it for a friend. What a present to give. If 
you're uncertain, but you listen to this. I don't know if there's anybody out there like that. Order the trade. If you love these issues, but you want one for the shelf, order the trade. Or just tell your LCS, say, hey, I got the single issues and so I don't need the trade, but this book was a killer. You should stock up on it because you can sell it. But ultimately, commerce aside, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you learned something from listening to these Crystal Plumage episodes. Uh, I certainly find out more about myself as I, as, I, as I think about the craft. So it's nice to sit back and take a moment to learn. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you. You're amazing. I want you to enjoy whatever comes next. So good night. Good luck. I'm Ryan K. Lindsay, and this has been The Crystal Plumage.